It's HBR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence with the latest segment in our new post-pandemic interview series, Road Stories, connecting you with artists around the world who are off and on the road. Find all our interviews in their new online home at hawaiipublicradio.org slash roadstories. And today, the return of Jefferson Starship. And original member David Freiberg, who was on a ton of their biggest hits. Jefferson Starshipper, not only at the Hawaii Theater November 19th, but we're grateful for David's long history. It also includes Quicksilver Messenger Service, and he was part of the final lineup of Jefferson Airplane, we'll hear, as we welcome David Freiberg back to All Things Considered. And a big aloha and mahalo, my brother. Uh, welcome back, David. Great to have you on the show again with us. Oh, good. Great to be here, man. Aloha. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not a lady, so I can feel comfortable. Tell people how old you are. I just turned 84. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> for a lot of people, it's a name that has been part of their lives for a very, very long time, Jefferson Starship. And your personal story really helps explain a question. So if you could tell the folks the really cool tale of how you, vet of Bay Area Rockers Quicksilver Messenger Service, and then you ended up being part of both Jefferson Airplane at that critical point where it would soon transition to Jefferson Starship, complete with Paul Kantner's Blows Against the Empire album in between. Right, exactly. Well, I found myself in Quicksilver Messenger Service, and John Cipollina left, Nicky Hopkins left, and I thought to myself, within a year, if I don't feel like I'm doing anything useful here, mm-hmm. I think I'll just leave. And just about at the end of the year, all of a sudden, we were on a trip to Hawaii. Wow. And somehow, somebody had packed some firearms in our baggage. <laughs> and, and our road managers walked through the metal detector, which was right before the plane in those days, with bullets in his pocket. Oh, This is in L.A.? It was in San Francisco. San Francisco. And as soon as it went off, he went running away and had a bag of pot in his pants, and he's emptying it in the air as he's running down there, and the air marshals tackled him, and I ended up getting busted because he had all the baggage claim tags, and they pulled us all off the plane and searched our bags, and they found a small amount of marijuana in my thing, and off I went. Unbelievable. And then I went on trial and they actually put me in jail for a 60-day sentence. (laughs) And so I ended up just helping Mickey Hart, Grateful Dead's drummer, do his first solo album. And there was a whole bunch of inner band things going on at that time when David Crosby was over at Wally Hyder's studio and everybody from the dead and me and Graham Nash and I'll be there jamming and jamming and jamming. And uh, so I reestablished my friendship with Paul Kantner, which actually never ended. Hmm. And we were doing this song on Mickey's album and I heard maybe Paul and Grace could do some harmonies on this because I was singing the lead. And so I brought them in and Grace had a good time. She played piano And right about that time also, Marty Ballin left the Jefferson Airplane. And so I got asked to join Jefferson Airplane to replace Marty Ballin. And so the last tour of the original airplane. uh, You were in. I was in. 
Was Jack Cassidy and Yorma Kalkinen still in the band? Jack and Yorma and Papa John Creech and John Barbada, who had come in as the new drummer. With Grace, was that the first time when you brought them in for that session? Was that the first time you ever met her? Oh, no, I I met her because we shared bills quite often. Oh, yeah, right. With Quicksilver, you're saying, in the airplane. You would have, right, run into her many times. That's true. Yeah, sure. I know know her really well. Paul was kind of one of my best friends in the world anyway. And he was living with her, so of course I, you know, I, I'd visit Paul and them quite right. often. They both shared the the bill with the airplane and Quicksilver more than anybody, and Quicksilver also, and the airplane shared it. So that's the final tour you get. You took us to. Yeah, and just before that, Paul had released Blows Against the Empire, which I did some singing on also. So it was so concurrent. I, so Blows, okay, so I thought the next thing in the story was that, but really the way the story works. No, that, is, it, that came out already. Okay, that so that had come already. out like before the uh, the live record that documented that final tour. Yeah, he couldn't, he had this thing and he, and he, in his brain and he, and apparently couldn't get the Jefferson Airplane to put it on a Jefferson Airplane album. <laughs> or made, it, made it himself. Although he did have Yorma and Jack playing on it all over the place, especially Jack. There's tons of Jack Cassidy on Blows Against the Empire. Wow, and you're on that. And... Yeah, I'm singing on it. I think Graham Nash ended up kind of mixing it mostly. And then there's a lot of David Crosby on there too. And that's the name. Explain how that's where... Well, to explain who was on the album, he put up a little thing. There was a little note on the album that said Jefferson Starship Crew and they listed everybody that played on it. Right, and so it was like that. That's that's where the first Jefferson Starship, the name showed up. Fascinating how that occurs. So there you go. That's the story. And then from there... After the tour was over, we put together... There's a live album called 30 Seconds Over Winterland that I'm on. So Paul and Grace and I started hanging out, and we had a bunch of songs. I had some songs, some changes and things that I'd written, and Paul had some stuff he was working on. Grace had some things. And so... Paul owed a record to RCA, and so we made that one to start with while we were on hiatus. That was Baron Von Tollbooth and the oh, Chrome Nun. Got it, got it, okay. Right, yeah, which was, which is Bill is uh, Paul Kantner, Grace Slick, David Freiberg, I believe. Right, it's not quite the, it's not the first Starship record, right? No, no, no. It had a bunch of songs on it, though, that were a lot of fun for us. And then Grace also owed them a solo album, then she did one called Manhole, which we did pretty much the same way, just the three of us. But she had this long thing called the soundtrack from the movie Manhole, which, of course, there was no movie Manhole. Right. <laughs> she had the soundtrack. And it was in Spanish. Wild. And it had Ron Carter playing bass on it. Too, oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. So many cool aspects And the to London that. Philharmonic players from the London Philharmonic. It was all orchestrated and everything. And I had a song on there called uh, It's Only Music that Grace wasn't even on. So it's <laughs> and had you guys already decided that it was going to happen yet when all these little solo sort of projects or no? The way I remember it is we kind of were waiting for Yorma and Jack to want to go out and do a Jefferson Airplane thing. We, we never didn't really think that it was over, but they were so into Hot Tuna that they were never going to come back. And we finally figured that out. So he said, well, we better promote what we've just done. What are we going to do? And so what are we going to call it? But Jefferson Starship. Right. 
seemed to be kind of obvious. And, and it just made sense, you're saying. There you go. All right, and that's in, that kind of encapsulates it. And then from that point, they begin releasing records under that moniker, the Hot Tuna duo of Jack and Yorma goes off like that. And then also, before we wrap it up with you, when you think of Grace, what is your relationship with her these days? And explain the way that she has contributed to the band and has an, a, a strong positive opinion of the woman who has taken her role. Oh, yeah, well... When Paul passed away, his family said, you know, it'd be really nice if you guys kept on playing. Mm -hmm. And it ended up that Grace actually was the person who was the only one left from Jefferson Starship Incorporated. And she said, please. And she licensed us to do it. So she plays a business role, sort of, in the whole thing. Well, kind of. I remember last time we talked, wasn't she going to write like lyrics for that new record or something like that? She did. She did. So Kathy was hanging out with China, Paul and Grace's kid, China Kantner Eisler, was hanging out with Kathy, who they've been really good friends. It was 2017 when there were big women's marches in in Washington. So she was watching it with Grace. She said, this is great. Grace was loving it because "Ah, it's much kind of like the 60s again. And it's about about the same bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds just like her too. (laughs) You know, That's a great quote. Kathy said, we ought to write a women's power anthem. And Grace said, that'd be a great idea. And when Kathy said, well, would you want to write it with us? And she says, that might not be a bad idea. And wow. so a month or so later, there's an envelope arrives at Kathy's house with a bunch of lyrics. From Grace Slick. Use whatever you want, throw the rest away. <laughs> and just to make sure I got the story right, Kathy Richardson, the current vocalist for the Starship, and Grace got to know each other was through China Kantner, the daughter. Like yeah. the daughter yeah. knew Kathy, and that brought Kathy to Grace. Yeah, yeah. When the Jefferson Airplane got their Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys, from, from the Recording Academy, Grace asked Kathy to sing on the telecast. Grace insisted it had to be Kathy. And what's the name of that tune? It's about time. Let's play that as our outro song since it's on the new record. And Right? Is that a good choice or what? Am I reading it? It's a great choice. It's a great David Freiberg, multi-instrumentalist from Jefferson Starship and, of course, his history in the Quicksilver Messenger Service. And I hope you had fun today. Was this a good experience for you kicking back here with us on the show? I did indeed, Dave. Yes, a whole lot. Giving you a hug, a high five, hoping that the, the traveling safe here works out and Maybe we'll get to hook up while you're in town, but but be safe, my brother, and a huge mahalo from all of us. Okay, aloha.